My teacher tells us. There we go. We're all good. We're talking about children, everybody. Here's some of the questions that children have asked God. Dear God, my teacher tells us about all the things you do, but who does all the things when you go on vacation? Dear God, was the giraffe really supposed to look the way that it does, or are they an accident? Or how about this standout from a girl named Beth? Jesus, is it difficult for you to love everybody? I think it has to be. There's only four people in my family, and I have a tough time loving them all. Now, I'm sure the Lord Jesus does love the five people in Beth's family. And I say this because Jesus entered the world to save the souls of the people in Beth's house, in your house, and in, every, in the house of every person. He loves adults, and the scripture today tells us that he also loves children. In truth, Jesus showed his love for children when he raised the young man from Nain and the little daughter of Jairus. Yes, Jesus loves children. He showed that love when he cast devils out of a boy who was being tormented, and he showed it when he corrected the disciples who were doing their best to try to keep children away from Jesus' side. On that occasion, Jesus said to his disciples, Boys, don't stop these children from being brought to me. It is to people like this that the kingdom of God belongs. Indeed, you should know any person who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child is not going to get in. After that, Jesus took those little children in his arms and blessed them. Now, let's note this morning the things that Jesus didn't say. The Lord didn't say, tolerate the little children in coming to me, or put up with the little children coming to me. Don't get angry with the little children coming to me. Are you surprised he didn't say these things? Of course not. Your Savior would never say something cold and callous like that. But then... You say this because you, we all, are people in the 21st century, in a country where we put a premium on being young, on looking young, thinking young, but it has not always been that way. Our, our perspectives have not always been like this. Over the centuries, in many cultures and countries, age and wisdom have been the qualities that are respected. And children... Well, the children, they had to prove themselves before they would be honoured or even envied. And that would only happen if they managed to survive in the dangers of childhood. Perhaps that was still the case for some of you growing up. But we need to remember that survival for the youngest in the ancient times, in the ancient world, was very problematic. For example, if you had gone to ancient Carthage, you would have seen parents sacrificing their children to gain the attention and the approval of their false gods. Anyone around in the time that Jesus was born would remember their king ordering for infants to be murdered. Now you can begin to see just how exceptional Jesus was. His statement is exceptional because, properly translated, Jesus told his disciples to welcome little children. They were to extend to children the same care and consideration, the same hospitality which they might normally reserve for someone who is respected in the community or an honoured guest at their table. Jesus encouraged his followers to welcome the unwanted, unwashed orphan, and be caring to the little ones who were dirty, diseased and filthy, and forsaken by everyone else. And then after Jesus explained how his followers should act towards children, Jesus gave them an example. He turned his attention from the people that we often focus on, away from the hand-picked twelve from the other important people who were listening, from those who were sick in body and soul, 
from the Pharisees who wanted to mess with Jesus, from his, all his supporters and all his detractors. Yes, Jesus turned his attention to the children. He picked, up, picked them up in his arms and blessed them. If only the gospel writers had taken the time to record the special words that sprang from our Lord's heart and rested upon the young that day. But alas, what Jesus said in those blessings is not recorded. But what he said immediately before, to the, before his time with the children is, as he turned to the little ones, he made this statement. For anyone who would listen and learn, Jesus said, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Do you want me to repeat that? Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not get in. Now, you would be forgiven if you were asking, what exactly does that mean? Does Jesus give us any more information to go on? Does he tell us what qualify or what qualities a child has that adults are lacking? No, he doesn't. The Savior makes his statement and that's it. Apparently, he wants us to figure out what quality our children possess that adults lack. What's my kid got that I don't? That, question's my fr- that question is a tough one. Some folks suggest that children are more trusting than adults. It sounds like a reasonable explanation. Plus, we do need to have faith in Jesus as our Savior if we are to have our sins forgiven and become members of the kingdom. But is trust really a quality that children have in abundance and that adults are lacking? Some children are definitely confident around strangers, especially when they're in a familiar environment. But I'm sure you've also talked to a parent while their child is hiding behind mum or dad's leg. Maybe Jesus wants us to be innocent like children. That's a nice idea too. But are kids really any more innocent than adults? Are they any more gentle or kind or caring or compassionate? If we were all like children, would we be any more at peace? Would we have cleaner consciences? Would we do what we're told? I could agree that some children and some teenagers, uh, they, they do express these qualities, but so do some adults. And I, I, I'm aware that while some adults are missing some of these gifts, children as well are sometimes bereft of these qualities. Which takes us back to square one. I ask myself, what do children have that I don't when it comes to being part of the kingdom of God? Perhaps the thing that children have, the thing that we adults lose after our teen years, is perspective. That's it. Children have a unique perspective of things. Let me try to explain. Think of the way you viewed your parents or your teachers as you were growing up. They were so tall, they could do anything. They were the experts. And for many of you, they were the superheroes that you could rely on. But then some, somehow, somewhere along the lines, things changed. Everything and everybody began to shrink. Our parents and our teachers didn't seem as smart as they once were. They became less godlike and more human. When we start thinking of ourselves, when we start thinking for ourselves, it doesn't take too long for us to figure out that if mum and dad have their flaws and failings, so does everyone else. And we are disappointed to find out that the most brilliant mind is sometimes wrong. The most perfect athlete will sometimes stumble. The greatest boss can turn out to be a fraud. The most beautiful face has its flaws. And that's why many people end up thinking, if I'm going to survive in this world, I have to rely on the one person 
the one who was really concerned about my welfare and my future, me. It's a lousy perspective on life, but it's the one that most people embrace. Now, if you think it's sad to consider the erosion of a child's perspective and their relationship with their parents, believe me, it's even worse as the same thing happens to our association with God. But that's what we do. As we grow, we become skeptical of the world around us, and then we project that cynicism onto our Savior. Let's see if this sounds familiar. You began life with the perspective that God was God, and you were not. You knew that Jesus died to save you from your sins so that you could be with God forever. But then something happened to change your perspective. Maybe you read a book, or you saw a TV program, or you met someone who didn't believe the same as you. Maybe somebody asked a tough question, or you asked the tough question, if God is so kind and merciful, how come there's so much suffering in the world? If God really is good, how come he let us fall into sin? Somewhere, and you may not remember exactly where or how, but your perspective and your relationship with the Lord started to change. Maybe you were hurt by someone who said they were Christians, but didn't act like Christians. Your perspective changed, and it changed radically. No longer was God going to judge you. You were going to judge God. You came to believe that you, not God, knew what was best. You found a new perspective, a perspective which said you were God and God was not. This perspective, unfortunately, throws the baby out with the bathwater. Yes, there are times when life seems unfair, and if that's what has separated you from God, then blame sin and not the person who has sent his son to save us from that sin. If you've encountered hard questions in regard to your faith, don't assume there is no answer. Turn to God's word, seek, and you will find. If you've met some nasty Christians, know that it is a mistake to judge the sinless redeemer by the poor character of those who he came to save. But there's more. The perspective which says that you can live your life without God is unsustainable. Like a child that runs away from home, the day will come and the situation will arise that you will not be able to handle on your own. That day may be when the doctors tell you there's nothing more we can do. That day may come when a trusted friend or a beloved family member lets you down. Whatever the situation, on that day, in those circumstances, your resources, your self-confidence will crumble. Your self-assurance will crash. On that day, you will, if you are honest, come to the Lord for help. You'll come to Him because He is the only person who can help. On that day, you will come with a new perspective, a perspective that prays as hundreds of millions have before you. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And on that day, you will be relieved to find that the Lord who sent his son to save you from your sins is merciful. As the author of this sermon reflects on his own prodigal son moment during his late teens, he says, I remember the day when I, the wise guy, finally went to my father for help. It was a struggle for me to do so. I'd been a punk for so long. I was sure that he would say, get lost. You didn't need me before. I guess you don't need me now. But that's not what happened. Not at all. After I had apologized and after he helped me, I said, Dad, thank you. I'm glad you're here to help. I didn't have anyone else that could. And hearing that, he turned to me and said, Welcome home, son. I'm glad the day has finally arrived when you wised up and found out 
that I was your best friend, not some dumb relic from the past. Welcome home. I've been waiting. When Jesus welcomes the little children and calls us to be like children ourselves, it's a call to be humbled, to recognize our need for God. We need God even more than a child needs their parents or their teachers. And as we recognize our dependence on God, and, are we, and as we are restored by his grace, we also come to see him with those new eyes again, with these eyes of childlike wonder. Because unlike the greatest adults in our childhood, who we eventually discover have their own flaws, we are loved by a God whose holiness is deserving of all awe and praise. And so today I can assure you that if you allow the Holy Spirit to bring you back to your Lord and Savior, if you say, forgive me for ever thinking that I knew better than you, that I was smarter than you, that I could run my life better than you, forgive me for thinking that my limited knowledge was more to be trusted than your holy word. If you are returned to the Lord, you can be sure that he will say, welcome home. He will say, I am glad you finally realized that I am your strongest ally. My son is your only savior. Welcome home. I've been waiting. And that is the proper, humble perspective that children and perhaps some of our youth here still have with God. And if you've lost it, be sure that God waits and is ready to help you get it back. You are his child and he welcomes you home. Amen.